This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui. Want to go over the running back matchups for week four. Hope you guys got who you wanted on the waiver wire. Um, there wasn't much news between yesterday and today. I think the only thing I would mention is that T.Y. Hilton is dealing with that quad injury. So if you were planning on starting him this week, which <laughs> you probably were, uh, I would make sure that I have another option just in case he, he doesn't play and honestly like you don't want him to re-aggravate that early in the game before he starts producing so he's a tough play either way even if he's active and and doesn't get any full practices in this week um what else Saquon Barkley he's getting a second opinion today and we're kind of waiting on those results we haven't seen that seen anything back yet from that so we're we're kind of awaiting that uh but yeah so I mean I, I will talk about Wayne Gallman uh, in a bit. Uh, actually, you know what? Let's just go ahead and start with Wayne Gallman. Um, so first, you know, obviously, every week, if you're not familiar already, I basically go over starts, desperate starts, temper expectations, like guys you need to temper your expectations on, and uh, guys that, you know, I'm flat out sitting. So Wayne Gallman is one of those guys who I'm starting this week. So for now, he's the guy in the backfield, right? He, he's likely going to play a three-down role against the Redskins, uh, you know, it's a great matchup for his debut as a starter. Um, this Redskins defense is susceptible to both the run and the pass game. Uh, the Giants are also susceptible to both the run and the pass game. So this game can go in any direction. Uh, the Redskins have gone up against a couple of timeshares so far. They've gone up against Ezekiel Elliott. And, you know, Zeke was the only one who had a big game against them, you know, because of that. Like the guys were splitting um, otherwise. Uh, but, you know, you picked up Gallman. Because you needed help at a running back. So, you know, get use out of him in a good matchup, you know, before his tough matchups o- o- over the following two weeks. And, you know, before the Giants potentially sign someone who can take, you know, work away from him. Um, you know, the head coach did say that, like, they are open to looking at long- long-term options next week. Uh, but for this week, it seems like Gallman is the guy. That being said, you know, if guys like Kenyon Drake are on the waiver wire, people got people, you know, dropped him. He's a guy you might want to look at picking up or even like buying like super, super, super low just in case the Giants do trade for him because he is a guy who is capable on all three downs. And that's probably something that, you know, th- these guys want to have uh, in the meantime. Also, CJ Anderson, obviously, um, Jay Ajayi, you know, those are two names that have kind of come up as, as potential replacements for, for Saquon. Okay, uh, Marlon Mack. 
you know, he hasn't been killing it every week, but he's doing what you want. You know, he's getting volume. Uh, he's scored in two of three weeks. You know, I'm only mentioning him, you know, with the starting running backs because, you know, he's not an exciting start, but he's he should be in your lineup as a high-end RB2. I'm usually not going to talk about most, you know, most running backs who you're starting every single week, but, you know, there are guys, like, I kind of base it on, like, you know, the questions that I get um, and Marlon Mack, you know, sometimes are in, are in those questions. Like, hey, should I start Mack or, you know, this guy? And I'm like, hey, listen, you're probably starting Mack every single week. Um, you know, don't get too cute because, you know, he's not giving you ridiculous numbers. Uh, Josh Jacobs. Uh, now, the Colts, like I said, potentially out T.Y. Hilton this week. This game can remain relatively close because of that. So, you know, Jacobs, he's been game script dependent. You know, after that first game, you get excited. But, you know, the game, game script was in their favor against Denver. Uh, but, you know, as we found over the last found out over the last two weeks, he is game script dependent. He's only averaging 11 carries in the past two games. Uh, now, John Gruden did say that he wants to get him more involved in the pass game, which is great. So hopefully that does happen. But either way, the game script should be in favor of, of Jacobs this week. You know, the, the matchup is sneaky good. Not saying the Raiders are going to be leading in this game, but, you know, the game should be close enough where, you know, he'll continue to get the work because the Raiders do want to, you know, kind of like revolve their offense around him. Uh, now, Darius Leonard was out last week because of a concussion. He should be back this week. Uh, the Colts were letting running backs be efficient in the first two weeks regardless, you know, even with Leonard. You know, overall, they've been giving up five, almost five and a half yards per carry to opposing running backs. So, you know, like I said, the Raiders want to revolve their game plan around Jacobs. Hopefully he gets more opportunity in the pass game um, and I think you know they're going to have a chance to give Jacob some volume this week all right this uh this Kansas City backfield <laughs> there's a lot to unwind here so I'm going to go ahead and try to do that so you got LaShawn McCoy who apparently is practicing uh we don't know whether it was a limited or a full practice today on Wednesday it honestly honestly doesn't matter if it's a limited on a Wednesday that's a good sign um for a veteran Damian Williams did not practice today on Wednesday, so that's interesting. Uh, and then you got uh, Darrell Williams, who I think is Darrell. Uh, Darrell Williams, who you know obviously had a big role last week, um, especially when Shady left with uh, apparent re-aggravation of that ankle. Um, now we're obviously not starting all three in every scenario, um, but it depends. So you know, like I said, McCoy, he seemed to re-injure his ankle last week. Him. Not being one of the names that Andy Reid mentioned today who's not going to practice is a good thing. Um, McCoy also said that he's going to play this week after the past game. I, I mean, I don't trust players, you know, when they talk about their injuries. But, you know, you know, if either Damian or McCoy is out, Darrell Williams is a flex play, right? Um, the other would be a high-end RB2, right? So if Damian, Damian is out, I think McCoy is a high-end RB2. If McCoy is out, I think Damian's a high-end RB2. Um, now, if both Damian and McCoy are out, I think Darrell is a high-end RB2 play. Uh, he should find a way into your lineup. If all three of them do play, I think Darrell is, is a non-play. You don't play him. But it gets more interesting you know, between Shady and Damian if they both play. right? In this scenario, it kind of depends on the practice reports this week. Now, let's say Damian gets full practices on Thursday and Friday. right? The assumption is that McCoy... Uh, gets more of their early down work, while Damien is a passing down back. And in this scenario, I think Damien is the more valuable guy. 
you know, we saw Damian get goal line work with both of these guys active, but you have to remember that Shady was still learning this offense, right? There's a possibility, honestly, that Shady just takes over this backfield as the first option in both the run and the pass game as he gets more familiar with this offense. So keep that in mind. Um, like I had Damian in one league and I traded for Shady because, hey, listen, like I invested a high draft pick in Damian. I think it was a third round pick. Yeah, it was a, th- a mid third round pick. And, you know, it wasn't a good move, right? Like, I was too excited by the upside. Um, but they signed Shady, and I'm like, listen, I got to, like, ensure that I get the guy who's in this backfield. So, you know, I got a, I got a good deal. Um, I traded, I think, I traded, uh, who did I trade for Shady? I traded McCole Hardman uh, to the Tyreek Hill owner. And I traded, who else did I add to that? Oh, and I added DK Metcalf. So I think it was a good deal for me, especially with me already having uh, Damian Williams. But either way, um, so both, I think, would be RB2 plays if they are healthy this week. Um, you know, who who will score, you know, isn't as predictable, obviously. Only one will likely end up producing as an RB2, right? You're playing them both as RB2s, but maybe one will produce like one and one won't um, in week four. So, that's kind of the breakdown there. So if you have any questions on that, just just reach out to me on Instagram at Upper Hand Fantasy. I kind of break it down um, in a post as well. You can check that out. Um, and I answer some questions on that post kind of related to that. So just check that out. Anyway, moving on. Carry on Johnson. It's been an interesting ride, <laughs> right? Ever since Carry on Johnson's been drafted, um, you know, we're, we've been trying to figure out, like, you know, when is he going to reach his full value, right? But... Last week was a good indication of, or it's like a tease of hopefully that time is now. 75% of snaps, 20 touches, you know, and this was after C.J. Anderson was cut. Um, You know, the production was terrible, right? Um, But he he also got goal line looks, resulted in a touchdown, and that saved his fantasy outcome for week three. That type of volume and opportunity needs to be in lineup. So I'm starting him as a solid RB2 against the Chiefs this week. Okay, James White. Now, I I think I've talked about James Devlin like a hundred times this week. Like, I never talked about a fullback so much, (laughs) right? But I think it's worth noting. And I think the Patriots might, you know, just change how they kind of operate and how, how, you know, because they're very... Based on their personnel, they're very fluid, right? And I think with him going on IR, I think the Patriots can potentially become a bit more pass-heavy, potentially depend on James White more than they have in the first two games. Now, you know, and the reason for that is James Devlin was such a big part of their run game. Uh, you know, White is the more most reliable piece of this Patriots backfield. Um, and we might not have to guess whether this will be a Michelle or a James White game, you know, with Devlin placed on IR because Sonny Michelle has been running behind James Devlin, you know, mostly. That's kind of that package that they run, right? So it just might continue to be James White weeks going forward. Um, and, you know, this might be a little bit of a tough matchup against the Bills, but I think White is kind of matchup independent because most of his work comes in the pass game. Um, you know, and if he's used around in the red zone, he has a good chance of scoring. Okay, Leonard Fournette, uh, his performance in week three was terrible, but he's only on the field for 100% of snaps, <laughs> right? That deserves a start every single week. So, it, you know, you might consider him an RB2. That's fine. You know, he had such a shitty week last week. He still had 16 PPR fantasy points. So if you're in a PPR league, he is a go. 
Okay, James Conner, the Monday night game. Uh, I, I know if you have Conner, you're frustrated. He's not playing as well. You know, the offensive line isn't as good. They lost their offensive line coach, and then Big Ben gets hurt. I get it. But, you know, who, who are you starting over him, right, if you're thinking about benching him? You, he's still getting some good combined run and pass volume, right? Um, and that shouldn't be an issue this week at home against Cincinnati. He should continue to get that. In PPR, he has a safe floor, can potentially have a big game against this Bengals team who's giving up the second most rushing yards in the league only behind Miami. They've also given up the second most rushing touchdowns behind Denver. Um, you know, they're allowing 5.24 yards per carry to opposing running backs. So I'm starting him this week, not getting cute there. Uh, in that same game, Joe Mixon. Now, behind the, the Bengals, the Steelers have given up the third most rushing yards in the league uh, behind them and Miami. So Mixon has a good chance of having a good game. Um, so he he's another week removed from his ankle injury, so it's possible. We see less of Gio Bernard on the field, but you know at least that's the hope. We'll see. Uh, but still, 17 touches last week is good. He has somewhat he was somewhat efficient against a tough Buffalo defense. So I'm starting him, you know, as a mid to low end RB two. Okay, moving on to desperate running backs, Carlos Hyde, neutral matchup against the Panthers. You know, has a chance to get volume. You know, he's you got to know that he's touchdown dependent. You know, hopefully some volume will help this week. Last week, he was pretty inefficient. Um, he was doing pretty well in that department, you know, in the two weeks prior. Uh, but, you know, if you notice, in the two road games, Hyde only got 10 carries. And in their one game at home, he got 20. Uh, he's at home this week. Hopefully, that trend continues. Um, he's like a low-end RB2 in standard leagues and a, you know, flex play in, uh, in PPR leagues. Okay, uh, Washington running backs. Uh, obviously, Chris Thompson is preferred, um, much safer option, especially in PPR. But you know, Adrian Peterson, I think, is an option this week against the Giants. I, I think he does have a chance to give you some value. Um, I don't know if you caught this towards the end of the Bears game. You know, Chris Thompson was the guy like near the goal line, but you know they were kind of in hurry up mode, and Adrian Peterson was just like livid. He's like, "Dude, give me these opportunities." He was pissed. Um, but I think the Redskins were just in comeback mode. They wanted to remain versatile. Uh, but the Giants can allow some volume to running backs. It's a good matchup. And this is the first game where Adrian Peterson doesn't have a tough matchup. So he can get some volume along with goal line looks. As far as Thompson, he's a start in PPR leagues. He's right at you know 15 PPR fantasy points in two of three games. And he has 10 in the other game. So he's, it's pretty solid. It's a high floor in PPR. Um, but the Giants' defense, they have holes. This can turn into a bit of a shootout because of the two bad defenses. Um, but, you know, I think Peterson has a good shot. You know, if you're kind of struggling at running back, he, he's a decent option. So moving to Denver, Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman, each of these guys have gotten enough touches. They're plenty involved in the past game over the first few games to consider them as low-end RB2 starts, like each of them, uh, in PPR league specifically. Lindsay, you know, he seemed to get the goal line looks, but part of that in week three was due to Freeman uh, leaving with an injury, you know, and obviously coming back. Uh, but still, it's possible that Lindsay maintains that role. Um, we'll see. He's the preferred play of the two. But Royce is definitely in play as well um, because he's involved in the pass game too. So um, now we'll see how this matchup works out. Jacksonville isn't an easy matchup, but these guys were both relatively efficient against the Bears last week at home 
Um, and they're at home again this week. Okay, Rex Burkhead, you know, I was talking about James Devlin earlier, and, and, and this one is tricky, right? You know, if you're going to put him in your lineup, obviously, you, you kind of don't know, don't know what to expect. This Patriots backfield, you know, is, is in flux at all times, right? Um, but because of that, you know, injury to James Devlin, the Patriots might need more versatility because of it. Sony Michelle, you know, has been used for a single purpose, and that's been running behind the fullback without being involved in the pass game. In a game, you know, where the Patriots had full control last week against the Jets, like, why not use Michelle to grind it out? You know, instead, Rex Burkhead played on 74% of snaps with James White out, while Michelle was third in snaps behind Brandon Bolden with only 22%. Like, Brandon Bolden played more snaps than Sonny Michelle. Um, so, you know, Rex Burkhead, with that being said, he's a desperate play because we know that the Patriots' backfield, you know, can go in any direction. Um, James White himself can potentially grab 65% of snaps, you know, with 15 touches. In PPR leagues, like, I think Burkhead was able to provide fantasy output for you in the first two games, even with James White in the game. So he should be involved regardless. His versatility makes him matchup independent. And this isn't a horribly tough one. I think he's a, he's a flex play. But, you know, who knows how that works out. <laughs> uh, the, there, he does have upside. Like if he he could play fifty percent of snaps, and Sony Michelle kind of going down to like you know staying around you know twenty or something like that. You never know. Um, but yeah, Ronald Jones, Peyton Barber. Who knows which one of these backs will get volume? Um, you know, you're playing Jones for upside. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if it's Peyton Barber with twenty carries. You kind of don't know what's going to happen. The Rams are more vulnerable on the ground than they are through the air. So that will likely be the Bucks' game plan. Obviously, that's going to be their game plan, but if the Rams go up big, which is very possible when you consider their wide receivers and then like the Bucks being a very generous secondary, we can see a lot of Darry Ogumbawale on the field, you know, instead of these guys. So, you know, you got to temper your expectations there. Um, but anyway, uh, I'm moving on. Oh, I just said you got to temper your expectations on them. Obviously, I don't know what your expectations are <laughs> if they're high, but moving into guy, moving into guys that you're probably starting, but you need to temper your expectations on. Uh, the first guy is Chris Carson. He's a start this week, right? But you got to know if he fumbles again, it's bad news. He's going to be pulled. He fumbled too many times over the first three games, you know. But it looks like Pete Carroll will go back to him. Um, you know, he supported him in, you know, in the media and all that. Uh, but, you know, Rashad Penny also can have a bigger role than he would have normally if he's ready to play this week. So Carson will likely keep his goal line role. He'll likely still be a part of the passing game, even if Penny's role increases. So he's still a play for me. Aaron Jones. Now, if you drafted Aaron Jones, you've reached the highs and lows in only three weeks. Week one was terrible. Week two was amazing because of the usage and the production. And week three was good because of production, because he got those touchdowns, but the usage was concerning. You know, it's clear that he is the goal line guy, right, in this apparent timeshare, which is a sigh of relief, but Jamal Williams did out-touch him 14-11 to in week three. On top of all that, the matchup this week sucks. Jones can definitely overcome the matchup as he did in week two, but not if the touches aren't heavily in his favor like they were in that game. The Eagles allowed only 36 yards on 20 carries by Kerryon Johnson last week. They held Devontae Freeman to 22 yards on 11 carries and, you know, 18 yards on 10 carries by Darius Geist. Like, and those, those last two examples aren't great. 
great examples of supreme talent and health, but you, you kind of get the picture. It's a tough defense to run on. Okay, Derrick Henry, he's a volume play, right? It's worth noting that Deion Lewis, you know, he's been hovering around 50% of snaps all year long, but, you know, Henry's been getting the touches. He's still touchdown dependent. You know, he's hardly involved in the pass game. He has a nose for that. Like, he took that one pass, his one target for for long touchdown, like the week, you know, I think it was week one. Uh, but, you know, that, that doesn't mean you're involved in the pass game if you're getting one target. <laughs> uh, he does have a nose for the end zone, uh, whatever that means. Uh, that does help. I think he scored in three games. So, you know, if he doesn't score, you're going to be disappointed. He's a solid RB2 this week um, against RB2 start this week against Atlanta, who has actually been relatively stout against the run so far. Um, but, you know, kind of want to set expectations after that after his first three weeks. Devontae Freeman. Uh, now, Edo Smith might be out this week with him in the concussion protocol, but if he plays, if he doesn't play, Freeman becomes a low-end RB2 play based on volume. So you can tell I'm not too excited even if Ito doesn't play. Now, if Ito does play, I, I would just wouldn't feel comfortable playing Freeman. When these guys both are playing, the touches just aren't there. You know, enough for me to start him. I would probably sit Freeman, honestly, if Ito plays. Uh, in, now, Tennessee hasn't been extremely stout against the run. They just haven't been giving up many rushing touchdowns on the year so far. You know, Freeman hasn't been good this season, but I think... If he does get some volume, he can get it done. And I only think he'll get volume if Edo Smith is out. Todd Gurley, man, like this is a tough situation if you drafted him early. The Rams are not throwing the ball to their running backs. They've basically become touchdown dependent. Todd Gurley is like, you know, Derrick Henry. You know what I mean? Like, But Henry's actually getting touchdowns. Henry is actually getting more volume. Um... You know, you add in the fact that Malcolm Brown is getting a few series to himself per game. Gurley's upside is limited. Um, hopefully the Rams can use their passing game to put Gurley in good positions to score against the Bucks in Week 4. You know, um, you know, on top of that, if you look at the Bucks, what they've allowed so far, they've allowed the fewest fantasy points to running backs. Christian McCaffrey, only 37 yards on the ground on 16 carries. Sa- Saquon. 10 yards on 8 carries. If Gurley doesn't score, you're going to be pretty disappointed this week. David Montgomery. Uh, his usage has been frustrating as hell. Um, if you watch those games, you're just like, oh my goodness, please. Um, his, but, you know, when you look at his talent, his future upside is so clear. If he gets the touches, he's going to perform at a high level. You know, you're going to... Starting him this week against Minnesota is probably a little bit of a tough proposition. But you look at Aaron Jones' game in week two, he was able to have success against them, you know, with volume, though, right? Uh, Josh Jacobs, he had 44 yards on his 10 carries. He couldn't get volume because the Raiders couldn't keep up. Chicago's defense is always going to keep them in the game. So Montgomery, I don't think, will ever be phased out of any game. Um, He also played on a handful of third downs. He's involved in the passing game, too. You know, still, you know, when you look at the ridiculous goal line packages without Montgomery, you know, to running the ball with Cordell Patterson, to Tariq Cohen running the ball in short yarded situations, you just have to take a deep breath and be patient. Um, this matchup isn't as bad as it might seem on paper. It's really the usage that we should temper our expectations on. Hopefully, Hopefully it gets right. <laughs> All right, moving on to guys I'm sitting. Uh, Miles Sanders, Jordan Howard. This split is just way too even. 
you know, between the three running backs in this timeshare for you to depend on any of them. Like Sanders like had a great game last week. Like he, he was productive, but he had two fumbles, you know, and that can impact a step forward in touches this week. You know, Howard was the back getting the goal line looks. So like it's too split. The, the responsibilities are too split here. Um, in a deeper league, like you might be thinking about starting one of these two and I get that. That's fine. Uh, but I would just still temper my expectations. Stan- Sanders is definitely like on the up. Like he- his touches are going up and all that. Uh, 15 touches last week, but he's only playing 34% of snaps. And each of these guys, their snaps are in the 30, in the 30s, you know, percentile wise. So percentile wise, percentage wise. So, you know, it- it's just it's just tough to-, to expect much. Okay, Duke Johnson, severely underutilized in this offense in favor of Carlos Hyde. Like, they, they traded a third-round pick for this dude, you know, and he's not being used. He's still the passing down back, and he's getting a decent amount of snaps, but he's not touching the ball enough to warrant a start. And I know he's pissed because he wanted to get out of Cleveland because he wasn't being used, and now he's not being used. So <laughs> I'm not sure what's going to happen there. They did work out C.J. Anderson for whatever reason. I'm really not sure what the reason for that is. Okay, Frank Gore. I'm sitting him this week. The Patriots defense has just shut down the run. They, they've allowed a total of 101 rushing yards over the first three weeks. By far the best in the league. They will likely force Josh Allen to throw the ball. Gore will likely not be too involved in that department, you know, in catching the ball too much. So even if Singletary is out, I think he, he, he might have some perceived volume going in. I just don't think it'll be there this week against the Patriots. Okay, Sony Michelle, I mentioned him. And I'm going to mention James Devlin's name for the third time <laughs> today. Uh, his, his fullback is on IR. So, you know, he primarily runs behind him. And because of all the reasons I mentioned earlier, I'm just not sure the Patriots are comfortable running him in other formations outside of the ones that he, he's been running in behind James Devlin. So it might have been why he was a non-factor in week three, playing only 22% of snaps. I'm not sure... You can kind of like depend on that going forward. I definitely wouldn't play him as an RB2. Maybe a flex, but you're kind of crossing your fingers there, right? Um, and think about it. Like 22% of snaps and James White is not playing. And they had full control throughout the whole game. But yeah, tough to trust. I'm going to leave him on my bench until we see some more volume, some more time on the field. And that's it. Tomorrow, I'll be back with the wide receiver matchups. Um... Same format, just with wide receivers. You can, I'll kind of give you an idea on, you know, where the wide receivers line up, you know, and, and what teams have given up on those sides of the field, where they usually line up, that sort of thing, um, with respect to where they line up and all that. So that's kind of what I'm going to go over tomorrow. Um, so stay tuned for that. Hope you listen. If you if you made it this far in this podcast, this podcast is not that long. I actually do my best to kind of shorten it. You know, if I add another person to the podcast, which I did in the first week, it tends to get a little bit longer, which is fine. You know, it has its pros. I'd rather have somebody kind of give some counter arguments and stuff like that to what I say. But, you know, I kind of want to like, I'm kind of trying this this year, um, you know, the same, similar to what I did last year, but I kind of split it up into two podcasts instead of one. Um, but, you know, I would love some feedback. Like if you guys can DM me, you know, at Upper Hand Fantasy on Instagram that would be awesome. You can go to my website. You know, you can find my email there and email me. Leave a comment on one of the articles on the website at, at uh, upperhandfantasy.com. I would appreciate all of that. So uh, if you want to leave a review on the po- you know, for the podcast, that would be amazing. 
um, good or bad, whatever, just be honest. Um, only five-star reviews, please. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, but anyway, I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you for listening, and um, I'll see you guys tomorrow. See ya.